Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Amen. All right, well, come with me. Uh, this morning, I want to uh, talk to you on the, the topic of, I just kind of felt like, what, what, what could I kind of speak into coming into to hero on, on the, the other side of Easter? And I, I just had this kind of this, this word. I, I really felt a smile from heaven, if I was honest, over the weekend. I, I just felt like heaven's smile on, on what, what was taking place in our city. And, uh, and God kind of reminded me of, of the story of Moses and Aaron and that uh, the plague, the Bible says, the plague had broke out uh, on, on the sinful people complaining against God and against Moses and Aaron and, and a plague breaks out. And God says, you know, get away from the people because I'm about to, my wrath, my judgment is coming upon them. And the Bible says, and Moses and Aaron fell on their face. But Moses, who just a couple of years earlier is, is telling God why he can't lead and God's got the wrong person and he doesn't have the right qualifications and he doesn't have the right skill sets and he's a man of stammering lips as though God needs eloquent lips. It's, it's not about how eloquent you speak. It's not about the, the uh, cadence of your mouth. It's what word is in your mouth. You can be the most eloquent speaker, but if you're just speaking Harvard and Yale, it has no kingdom impact. But you can be a person with stammering lips, but if God's word from heaven is in your mouth, God watches over his word to perform it. At his word, things elevate, and at his word, things are pulled down. And so Moses is, you know, he's, so finally in exasperation, God says to Moses, all right, is, is Aaron not your brother? He'll be the, the priest, you be the leader. You know, you're going to go to Pharaoh and you're going to take him with you and he'll be my spokesperson. But it becomes obvious on the journey that, that Moses really was rash and God accommodated his rashness and they fall on their face. The plague has broken out like 70,000 people within an hour uh, of being killed. And Moses is laying on his face next to Aaron and he looks at Aaron, who's just happy to lay there undercover, and Moses says to Aaron, quick, grab your incense burner, run to the altar of the Lord, put incense and put, you know, hot coals on it, and then go and stand in front of the people and make atonement for the people. And so the Bible says Aaron gets up and he runs to the altar and he gets the incense burner, he puts the hot coals on and he puts incense on and he stands, he runs ahead and people, foom, 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 and he stands and he turns and in front of him are all the people that are dead. And behind him are all the people that he's now standing and making atonement. And the Bible says the, the, the Lord stopped right where the priest was making atonement. And the Bible says, and that day Aaron stood between the living and the dead. And I just thought that 
it's such a powerful picture of the church. It's the church that stands between the living and the dead. Stands between, as Pastor Katie said this morning, those still struggling and fighting against a curse and those who are walking in blessing. The church stands against those who are struggling in their addiction and those who are walking out their freedom. Those who are struggling with with poverty and marriage breakdown and relation and those who are flourishing and prospering in every single area. It's the church. It's the church that stands there. So the title of my message this morning is Faithful Priests. Faithful Priests. I thought the Bible teaches us that, that every single one of us are now a kingdom of priests that we've become a, not only a kingdom of priests, but we're king and priests. What is a priest? A priest is somebody that, that uh, makes atonement. God, God set up the priesthood because sinful man and holy God couldn't, couldn't hang out. Sinful man and holy God, there was, a, there was a breach. And so God set up the priesthood so that the priests could hear from heaven what, what, whatever, whatever transgression, whatever violation that was keeping God's hand of blessing from the people, the priest would stand in the gap. The priest would stand in between and provide atonement for the people so that the people could now have connection with God, have relationship with God, and walk in the blessing of God. And so I used to preach, and, and, and there's a part of it theologically that's true that God has done away with the old priesthood and he has except when you read in in the book of Revelation the Bible says that and even Peter says that we have become a kingdom of priests and so God did away with the Levite priesthood and the Levite sacrifices and the animal sacrifices but through Jesus Christ you and I have become a kingdom of priests and what we do is we 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 help people to get to get find atonement to, to, to find that, that blood of Jesus encounter experience so they can walk out of dysfunction and out of brokenness and they can walk into favor and they can walk into healing and they can walk into function and they can walk into blessing. They can walk out of death and walk into life. They can walk out of curse and walk into blessing. That's what we do. We're a kingdom of priests. So if we're going to be a kingdom of priests, I said to God, you know, what, what does that look like? And God says, this is what faithful priest looks like. So come with me first Samuel chapter 2 verse 35 uh, reading from the same translation Jesus used the new King James then I will raise up for myself a then I will raise up for myself a is it not on the screen oh sorry well no wonder no one's quoting it all right excuse me then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to, this is 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 35. Then I will raise up for myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. Gosh, I like that. Then, then I will, this is God speaking, and he's speaking to the house of Eli. Eli is, is I mean, it's just, it, it preaches. I love it because it's politically incorrect. It's just so good. Because Eli is a fat slob. And you can't say that these days. That's why I said it. <laughs> Eli, Eli is going blind. He is grossly obese. Because he's, he's undisciplined. 
he, he inherited the office of priest because it was passed down through the family. He inherited an office that he never, he never wanted to, to step up into. He never wanted to step up into. He, the, the, can I just tell you that every, every position comes with a price. Positions may be offered and positions may even be secured. But that doesn't mean that you, you'll understand and pay the price that that position requires. Eli sits as priest, but he is lazy. He's undisciplined. He, the Bible says that his eyes had begun to grow dim. Not only had his eyes begun to grow dim, but the Bible says that his two sons, Phineas and Hophni, uh, who served as priests under him, because remember it's a family deal, um, would lay with the women at the gate. In the NLT, it says they would seduce the women as they were coming into the tabernacle. And it's interesting because uh, when you read later, um, when Eli dies and the ark is captured and both boys, Hophni and Phinehas, are killed, uh, it says that Hophni's wife was pregnant and she gave birth to a son and she dies in childbirth, but she names her son Ichabod, which means the Lord has departed. So, so this, this, th- these freaking priests... You know, I don't know if Phineas is married, but we know that, that you know, Hophni is a serial adulterer because they're both sleeping with the women. But he's got a wife at home who's pregnant and he's out there having sex with... And, and Eli won't correct them. Eli won't speak into them. He's the priest. If he can't look after his home, how's he going to look after the house of Israel? If he can't, if he can't minister the word of the Lord in his home, You'll find that in, at, at Awaken, I put very, very little stock in resumes. I put very, very little stock in worldly qualifications. What I mean by that is, you know, hey, you know, Pastor, I've got a theology degree from Fuller University. You know, I've got a divinity degree. And, you know, er, I remember early on this, you know, this couple came and they told me that God had told them that they were to be our executive pastors. And she was an attorney and he had a degree in divinity. And I said, man, that's funny. God hadn't told me. And, uh, and I realized from one encounter with them, dear Jesus, if I wanted to completely destroy what God was building, give these people some authority. And uh, they, were, they were crazy people. And I had more degrees than a thermometer, but, but not terrible fruit, terrible fruit. You know, she was Jezebel. He was a gelding. It was just, it was horrible. And... Um, so keep, keep that spirit far away. So, in, but in this, in this, in this environment, if 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 I'm not a good husband to my Leanne, don't listen to anything I preach about husbandry. If I'm not a, a good father to to my three sons and my daughter, don't listen to anything. If if I can't flourish, if I can't prosper, if I can't take territory. Don't, don't listen to anything I say. But you've you got to look at the fruit. You've you got to look at the fruit of somebody's life. And if you like the fruit, you know, we, we, we're members of four vineyards. And we didn't join the vineyards because they had a really cool name or because they have, uh, you know, a really, really great kind of resume or mission or vision. We actually go there and just taste the fruit. Actually, we really like this wine. 
We really like the, the grapes. We really like the way that you cultivate the soil and the, 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 the fertility of the soil. And this, so we're going we're gonna to put our, this is what we're going to partner with because of the fruit. So if we do that with a vineyard, how do we not think the church is God's vineyard? Did you know that? Elijah defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. Carmel literally means vineyard of God. Karam is vineyard and El is God. It's God's vineyard. God's vineyard. And so God is wanting us to drink the new wine. God is wanting us to come into partnership. But in this house, we, we, we look for fruit. We look for fruit. So God says, I'll raise up myself a faithful priest who will do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. That's what a faithful priest does. God, what's in your heart? God, what's in your mind? Watch what God says, what, what he'll do. Understand this. Understand this. That when you build the kingdom, you have no idea that while you're building the kingdom, the kingdom builds you. I was just talking to some pastors who have hit a ceiling uh, and, and uh, you know, and, and number of things going on. And I just said to them, listen, here's the deal. Yeah, you've hit a ceiling. Because if you, as you have put your hand out to build his kingdom, that same kingdom that you've grabbed is now trying to build you. Leanne and I, in the 17 and a half years that we've been, uh, you know, leading this move of God in, in San Diego, Salt Lake, and now Boise, have, have, we are not the same people that we were in 2005. Because the growth of 2005 to 2010 required that we grow. In fact, God gave me a, a, a vision right around maybe 213 that, the, that as I was growing, I was allowing the church to grow. And that if I stopped growing, if I just got into performance and, you know, fake it till you make it and pretend it, that that, that would be the church. And I said, God, I never want to limit what you want to do. And then God says, well, then you've got to take the pain of growth. You've got to experience growing pains because the church will only grow as you allow yourself to grow. Growing requires humility in the kingdom because humility is the ability to, to uh, let the Holy Spirit shine lights on areas that are painful, that are dysfunctional, that are broken. And, and these are the things that put, put limits. Now, he, he, here's the thing. God will anoint you and God will gift you. God will put a mantle upon you. God, God will release his gifts in you. You can preach, you can teach, you can lead, you can pray for the sick, you can do all of those things. That's the equivalent of you being a 40-gallon drum. And if someone says, man, you know, that 40-gallon drum can hold 40 gallons, except if it's got a crack down here. If it's got a little crack down here from, you know, you, you made vows because you, your mum and dad divorced, so you would never trust authority. So you have a real issue with the way that you operate under authority or with authority. So even though your potential, God can pour 40 gallons in, but it's always going to go down to whatever that crack is. And God's going to say, hey, I want to fill this thing. I want to take you up. But unless you deal with the crack and unless you deal with the hole, unless you deal with the broken down here, you're never going to reach your potential. So, so God grows us and God grows us as we build the church, but it's dealing with those things. Anyway, I'm getting kind of way too distracted. So, I, I, so watch what God says. So watch what God says. God says, then I'll raise up my, myself a faithful priest who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind. I will build him a sure house. God is going to build you a sure house and he shall walk before my anointed forever. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left in 
your house will come. This is, he's now speaking to Eli, will come and bow down to this person, this faithful priest, and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and say, please put me in one of the priestly positions that I may eat a piece of bread. Now go to um, the next chapter, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation, and it came to pass... At that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. His eyes had become so dim that he could not see. Because he turned a blind eye to the immorality, the perversion, the wickedness, his sons wouldn't just sleep with the young women. They weren't just serial adulterers. But the Bible says that they would, they would take the offerings and they would take the fat of the offerings. They, 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 they loved all the perks of ministry. They, they, they loved the green rooms. They loved the, 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 the saved seating. They, they, they loved the... the the salary, they love the, the offerings, they love the blessings more than they love the God of all of those things. They received all of those things, but they had no heart for God. They, 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 they abused their position, they were all about themselves. And the Bible says that, that because Eli turned a blind eye, you'll see there's, a, there's this a regression of his eye slowly becomes blind. Whatever you turn a blind eye to, you blind your eye to. When you turn a blind eye, you literally turn your eye blind. In, in 2019, coming into the, the election, I was getting so much pressure from voices around me to, to, you know, stand down, to stop standing up for Donald Trump. Why would you do that? Don't you know that it creates difficult conversations for people down under who listen to the mainstream media that Donald Trump is a racist, that Donald Trump is, you know, orange man bad, orange, don't, and, and, and I'm like, well, you know, I serve on, on, on his... Uh, committee his spiritual oversight and you know you guys are all we're all happy to post obama things but now that it's a, a different guy in the white house all of a sudden now it now it's political now it's not expedient to be political and so i'm not going to stand down i'm not going to be disloyal i'm going to continue to stand up and they're like well you know why are you venturing into abortion and why you why why did you speak up against you know the same-sex marriage bill that they're pushing through and you know why would you do that don't you know we're trying to reach those people i'm like well you don't reach those people by pretending it's not a sin like you don't you know and so and so the, the, I kept getting this pressure and I felt the Holy Spirit say, you have, you have the peer pressure right now to let Nahash take your right eye, to let the serpent take your right. You have the, 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 you have the peer pressure right now to turn a blind eye. But Jürgen, if you turn a blind eye, the price you will pay is you will turn your eye blind. And I realized going into 2020 when chaos and the storm and everything got dark, what what our city and what our church needed wasn't a blind pastor, but was a pastor who could see. And I realized that God tested me in 2019 so that I could see in 2020, in 2021, when, when, when everything that was going down, I'm like, ah, there's more to this. We've never in a pandemic quarantined the healthy. In, in, in the Bible even says that if someone has leprosy, they are to be quarantined and let the healthy get on with life. This was never about stopping a pandemic. This was never about public health and safety. This was always about trying to force an issue of control, trying to bring you as a sheep, as a lamb to the slaughter, as, 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 a, 
as a, a, a herd of cattle to a new regime and a new authority. And so I knew, no, I, I began to see differently, but the price had to be paid in 2019. So Eli's eyes had grown dim because he turned his eye blind and therefore his his eye had become blind. He turned a blind eye, now he's turned his eye blind. So, so he could not see. So before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called to Samuel and he said, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. He said, I didn't call you, lie down again. And he went lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And so Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. He said, I did not call you, my son, lie down again. So Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. And the Lord called to Samuel again the third time. So he rose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you did call me. Then Eli I perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. And it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears or your servant is listening. So Samuel went down and lay in his place. And then the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, Everything the light touches is our kingdom. Excuse me, he didn't say that. He just said, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken. God has no place for corrupt priests. Concerning his house from beginning to end, for I have told him that I would judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Now quickly scoot down to verse 19. Verse 19. Verse 19. So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. In the NLT, it says, and the word of the Lord went out throughout all the land through the prophet Samuel. So here's a contrast. And I've got one minute. Here's the contrast. In the beginning, it says there was no widespread revelation. Visions were rare and the word of the Lord was rare in those days because of a corrupt priest. But God raises up Samuel and you see the bookend here. The Bible says now all of a sudden God begins to visit Israel and the word of the Lord comes to Samuel and God doesn't let one of his words fall to the ground and God begins to appear to, to Samuel. When I read this, I, I, I'm not here to, to, to judge the previous pastors or the, the previous generations. All I know is I want to be a Samuel. I want to be a Samuel that they may have said, hey, San Diego is a preacher's graveyard. Why would you go to San Diego? You know, there's, there's no power there. There's no revelation there. There's no, I want to be, I want to be the Samuel in our cities, in Salt Lake City that's that's choked by by you know false religion. I want to I, I want to be Samuel in Boise, where maybe maybe there was a, a dearth of, of spiritual activity and spiritual power. I want to be the, the the Samuel church, the faithful priest, where all of a sudden it's like the revelations increase and visions increase and heavenly activity increase, and the word of the Lord, instead of being rare in those days 
the word of the Lord is, is consistent and the word of the Lord is released and people are getting the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord because the Bible says that he watches over his word to perform it. We, 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 we can do things with our strength, but, but you know, if, if I have to hold the gate open in my strength for, for people to get deliverance and for people to get saved, what happens when I get tired? What happens when I get fatigued? But this is what I've discovered. If we can position ourselves as faithful priests, to do whatever is in God's heart and whatever is in God's mind in the earth, then all of a sudden God just might stand beside us and call. And, and, and as we respond to that call, speak, Lord, your servant hears. As we begin to do that, all of a sudden the word of the Lord comes more and comes more and comes more and comes more because God watches over his word to perform it. The more that we release his word, the more his power follows. His power will always land on his word. His power always backs up his word. The Bible says, and the disciples went out preaching the word, the Lord, the Lord confirming the word with signs and wonders following. There are so many churches and there are so many cities where there's no power, there's no signs, there's no wonders. And if you go back, it's because they've departed from the word of the Lord. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be a priest that, that does what's in my mind or what's in my heart. I want to do what's in his mind and what's in his heart, no matter what it costs me. So really quickly, four things. Number one. The state of the priest, the condition of the priest determines the flow from heaven. The condition of the priest determines the flow from heaven. Corrupt and defiled priests, no flow. No flow. No matter how pure the water is, if it comes through a rusty pipe, no matter how pure the rainwater is, is it, if it comes through a defiled and dirty pipe is going to come out defiled and dirty. And, and you'll find that God is very, very wise. God, God, won't, God won't waste His pure water going through dirty pipes, going through rusty pipes. Holy, holiness is, is, is our response to Jesus' sacrifice. Greatest gift you can give God is a clean heart. Greatest gift you can give God is clean hands, innocent heart. Greatest gift you can give God is to partner with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus says you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. Because the more that you let the Holy Spirit sanctify, the more you let the Holy Spirit make pure, the more power that flows through your life. Holiness and power go together. The Bible says he'll come in the spirit of holiness. When you, you and I walk, holiness is, is your, your personal devotion. Holiness is, is the things you say no to when nobody's watching, when nobody's around, in the late watches of the evening, when nobody's there to supervise. The things that you say no to, that's holiness. Holiness is the price you pay. Holiness is allowing other people in your peripheral who say, man, I love you enough to speak to you about this or challenge you on that. Man, I didn't even know that was there. But you know what? If there's anything that defiles, if there's anything that's rusty, rusty is something that's kind of oxidized with the, the, the climate of the world from yesterday. That's what oxidation is, rust. 
man, I want to get rid of the rust. I want to get rid of the defile. I want to get rid of the contaminants and the pollutants so that his pure water can come because there's a city that is thirsty. There are people that are dying of thirst, and I want to bring life in Jesus' name. Number two, great priests, great priests teach how to hear from God. Priests hear, discern, and obey the voice of heaven. What's interesting is Eli is backslidden. And when he discerns that God is speaking now to Samuel, he says to Samuel, Samuel, do this. Go and lie down in your place. And it'll come to pass that if that same voice calls out, you're to respond and say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. Even the corrupt Eli understood how to hear from God. He wasn't doing it. He'd long stopped. Hey, that's too high a price for me. Uh, God rebukes him and says, you care more about your sons than you care about me. You care more about the face of man than you care about the face of God. Therefore, I'm taking the lamp from you and I'm going to raise up somebody else. But Eli knew enough to tell Samuel, Samuel, I know what God is looking for. I failed in my assignment. God God forbid that any of us should fail in our assignment, but, but this is what you do. You lay down, and when you hear and you discern that it's Him, put yourself in a posture of obedience. Speak, Lord, your servant hears. Whether it's a, whether it's a, a, a Starbucks bathroom and there's urine and, and, and a voice says to you, clean it up, and, and you're like, that could just be my stupid mind, or it's a shopping cart, put it back and take the other ones with, that might be, but I've just found it's too, 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 I don't want to miss God. If, if God is, I want to be postured, I want to be positioned in the place where speak, Lord, your servant hears. If God is looking for somebody to obey, see, the Word of God is powerful when it leaves God's mouth, but it is most powerful when it is obeyed in our life. When you put the word into action, when you put the word into motion through obedience, God's power begins to transform. Number three, number three, I forget how I sent it to you. I know I sent it in. Okay, priest access, highly classified information. God comes to, to, to Samuel and he tells him, I'm about to wipe out the house of Eli. I'm about to bring judgment on them. He's, he's probably a seven, eight-year-old little boy at this time. And then, Eli wakes up and says, what did God tell you? And the Bible says that, that Samuel was afraid. And then he says, you tell me or I'm going to ask God to kill you. And so little Samuel realizes that God has given him access to highly classify. This is, this is, this is a heavenly agenda that God is going to execute on the house of Eli Samuel's just a little boy and God has, listen, God will always bring you into a place that is above your pay grade, that is elevated above your skill sets and expertise to see if you will pay the price, to see if you can be trusted. If you become gossip, if you become disobedient, God sighs and has to leave you here. But God will always... He'll always, I remember a number of times God would, God would test me where I would see in a leader, in somebody who I looked up to, the Holy Spirit would show me or allow me to see a, 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 a sin or a transgression in them. I'm like, oh my God, why? Oh, I didn't want to see that. Like I have them on a pedestal. Why would you show me that? And the Holy Spirit says, because I want to see how you respond. I want to see whether you're, Ham and uncover Noah's nakedness 
or whether you're like Shem and Japheth who walk backwards with a sheet and cover, I want to see. Because if I'm going to trust you with the word of the Lord, I have to be able to trust you with highly classified information. And highly classified information can destroy lives. The revelation that I give you, the anointing that I give you can destroy lives or it can heal lives. And I need to know which level I can trust you on. Number four, the last one. Godly priests shift heavenly or faithful priests shift heavenly activity. The Bible says that from just from Samuel's obedience and Samuel's faithfulness to God, Samuel's desire to do whatever was in God's heart and whatever was in God's mind, that we went from the word of the Lord was rare in those days to all of a sudden not one word of the Lord, not one word of Samuel fell to the ground, that God would reveal himself to Samuel at Shiloh and that from Samuel the word of the Lord went throughout all Israel and everybody who sought the Lord came to Samuel at the tabernacle and God was, and all of a sudden a visitation of God came back. I want to be a faithful priest that shifts the heavenly activity over every, that, that literally the footprint of, of awakened should be, man, we don't know what it is about San Diego, but man, it, it feels like Bible Belt. It feels greater that there's power there, there's anointing there, there's healing there, there's deliverance there. We don't know what it is about Salt Lake City, but it's, it, used to be, it used to be clustered. It, it used to be choked. It used to be like a thick fog of, of religion. But now there's a freedom there. There's a deliverance there. There's something happening. We don't know what it is about Boise, but something has shifted over that place. It's because faith priests can shift the heavenly activity over a place. Don't let the devil lie to you. The reason he wants you to compromise, the reason he wants you to, to, to keep your defilements and, and sins and all of those things is because he knows that if you become a faithful priest, that something will shift over your world, shift over your family, shift over your city. Come on, let's stand to our feet. I've gone five minutes over. Oh, I'm in big trouble. Quick, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands. Lift your hands. Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Your word brings life. Heavenly Father, I know that you've called me to be a priest in the earth, to dispense your words so they bring life. You watch over your word to perform it. Lord, I ask that I will be a faithful priest that you can trust with your word, whatever price whatever price i'm willing to pay it speak lord your servant is listening amen wow what an amazing word i hope you enjoyed that as much as i did hey listen for more information about our church go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our youtube channel if you haven't already and download our app it is amazing it is chock full of incredible messages information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.